Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Bees Knees Ben and the Bees Knees Brittany, and on TikTok at the Bees Knees Podcast. We like talking about movies and TV, or TV and movies, cause we're the Bees Knees, oh yeah. Last time on the podcast, I had made a prediction mm. about who did the murder on Only Murders in the Building. And I predicted it was the producer's mom. Yeah. That was two episodes before the finale. Like, there was one more episode and then there was the finale when I made that prediction. Yeah. And then in the second last episode, we found out that he was talking to the cookie. Which I also wish that everybody listening could have seen me watching this episode because the week that this episode aired, like the TV episode, not the podcast episode, I had been craving some brie cheese. And if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know that I talk quite seductively about brie cheese. (laughs) You are a fan of your slutty cheese. She is something else that brie cheese is and i talk to her like the dirty slut that she is and she likes it okay and that is how these guys were talking to their food items yeah so i was like i understand this i'm like he's talking to the cookie i bet he's he's talking talking to to that cookie cookie. and he was talking he was talking to the cookie and then it was it was really funny seeing the roller coaster ride of you being like, I called it. Wait, what? What's going on? Because the finale has now come out. And we were pretty late watching it. So I was very mm-hmm. confident that I had gotten it right, which I got it half right. Yeah. But when we were watching the finale, she owned up to it way too quick. I was like, this is only like what? 10 15 minutes into the episode this is another mom protecting their kids scenario is what i thought yeah because what did meryl street do when she like she was declaring she did it to protect her child yeah and then this producer woman just right away i did it i did it just wait till the show comes out yeah because she's just protecting her kid yeah like it was It was weird because there was at one point that I thought that maybe, I don't know why she would be confessing. She thought she was just confessing to the rat poison or something. I don't know. I just thought it was really weird about how like Meryl Streep had the the hanky and like why Dickie would give that to her unless it was to make her look more, you know, guilty. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, sure. It's got the lipstick on it. But if you just confess to this murder and then you have this handkerchief in your possession, then wouldn't that just make it look bad on you anyway? Like, yeah. yeah so I thought maybe he knew all along that she was his mom and was bitter about the childhood that he had. And if she had have just like not given him up for adoption, then she, he would have had a different life with different opportunities. And so I was like, maybe he's bitter and he really did do it. And it was, and he knew that she would confess for him. And then she gave, he gave her the hanky just to like really solidify that she had done it. And then kind of be like, aha, joke's on you. (laughs) 
you shouldn't have given me up for adoption. Honestly, I feel like that would have been a better twist in the end than just it was the producer's kid, As like well. little mommy makeout boy. Yeah, so they they both end up being guilty. And then, like, usually with these shows, I think as these seasons go on, they kind of just get less and less interesting, which I find is starting to happen with this show, sadly. Like, in the beginning, I'm very hooked and I really want to know. And then I just kind of, like, fizzle out until something comes back at the end that brings me back. So it ends with another murder as each season does and that's kind of why I feel like I'm getting tired of it is because it seems like it has the same sort of formula for every season yeah and it's, they're just filling in the blanks it's it's pretty routine where it's just like someone gets murdered we go through all of this investigation you go through a few like the obvious red herrings but letting the like the characters catch up to our meta knowledge of obviously we don't know who the murderer is in the first episode. Right. Um, but it always comes down to, we have just not been given the information we need until the last episode. Yeah. And so then it, this one ends with Jane Lynch's character dying, who is the stunt double for, um, Charles. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so then that makes me wonder, like, does Charles have a, like, a hit on him? Yeah. Like, is somebody out to get him specifically? And then why? Because we found out a little bit about his past and, like, the girl that he used to have lived with who's now kind of out of the picture completely. And yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of brought me back in because I want to know that part. And she did say before she died that she had something sensitive that she needed to talk to him about yeah so it's like what information did she have did she get killed and was she targeted because she had this information or, or was, was the she... char target actually yeah. charles and she just kind of got caught in the crosshair honestly i feel like it was her that was the target but they are all going to think he was the target right and it's going to go around well who would want to kill you the stunt double was in the the wrong place at the wrong time, and then blah, they're going to kind of get it's into be her like, past. Oh and... no, she was killed because she had this knowledge and stuff. Because Charles is such a bumbling idiot. Yeah, he's just some old delusional, like D list celebrity. Right. Like I don't think he is a target for anybody. Yeah, because. Yeah, he has this podcast where he makes murderers go to jail. But, like, they're all fairly incompetent murderers. It's not like they're, like, criminal masterminds that he's helping put away. Right. It's all, like, impulsive, emotional murders. Right. So, whereas, what has she been doing? I don't know. She could have gotten tangled up in something dark. Yeah. Because not a not a main character on the show, we don't know what yeah, we have no the idea. regular life is for that character. So there's all kinds of possibilities that could come out of this. Yeah, so I, I'm suspecting it's going to be a lot of, why would somebody want to kill Charles, 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 Charles? Oh, they don't. Right. That's a good prediction. Mm. Sometimes I have good predictions. Good job. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Thanks for uh, 
sharing that insight <laughs> with me. I'm super insightful and everybody should recognize it. <laughs> it's not it's not very often that you're the one that has all these like in-depth predictions. Usually I'm just like, I watch the show till things says good. <laughs> <laughs> we also started uh we started and finished watching One Piece. Ah, uh, yes, Uno Piece. And that deserves the hype that it's getting, I would say. Oh my god, it is such a great show. Um, and I I think the reason why it is so good where so many other anime and manga uh, translations into live action have failed is because it just it just doesn't change a lot. Right. They kind of like ground things in a way like the the anime when we're meeting the characters and Luffy meets Kobe. Kobe is just like, ah, one, he's so yelly and annoying, but he's yelling, ah, I could never leave uh, whatever the pirate lady's name is. I could never do that. I can't do that. Whatever. What do I want? I don't know. I can't do that. And Luffy just straight up goes, ha, ha, ha. I hate people like you. You're the worst kind of person. Ha, ha. Yeah. And it's just so. You're such a coward. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. He's so jovial, but like extremely bullying. Yeah. Whereas this, it's it's very just like everybody should be able to do what they want to do. And like. Yeah. Like being, live your being dream. Being the inspiring point of everyone should live their dream. Not yeah. if you're not living your dream, I hate you. You're the worst kind of person. Right. So, like, those are the changes, but the plot is about the same. Yeah. The characters are the same. Uh, the costumes are the same. Yeah. There are even, like, when we're looking at, uh, what the hell is uh, Shanks? Shanks' is pirate crew. Mm-hmm. They all have the same costume. When you look at uh, Duck Boat Heart Pirate Lady, uh, her crew... It's all the same costumes as in the mm-hmm. the anime. Like everything is so similar and familiar and fun and campy and Yeah. Like I feel like it really captures the essence of the anime. Right. Yeah, I like I haven't watched that much of the anime. I've only watched I think maybe two episodes. But the live action remake I thought was also it was very heartfelt and genuine and the kid that plays Luffy is just in some of the the interviews and stuff went like not in the show you're watching I'm watching him and I just think he's so authentic yeah and cute and I just like think like what a sweet little baby he definitely has that like innocent charm yeah to him and uh I think that he plays Luffy very well because of that. Yeah. I, I think my favorite uh, interview I saw with him was when they were like ranking like desserts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's going through pies and then they're like pecan. He's like, when I was taking English lessons, they did not teach me pecan. Then they say it in Spanish or yeah, whatever. And he's just like, oh, oh, that uh, trash. Yeah, he gets all excited because he knows what we're talking about now, but then immediately is just like, no, that's a trash pie. Not having it. <laughs> Which, by the way, a pecan pie is great. It's just a giant butter tart. Yeah. 
I know. I don't agree with him saying that it's trash, <laughs> but I love just how quickly he goes from like, oh my God. Oh yeah, I know that. I know that. Trash. <laughs> just so dead. <laughs> just trash. Um, I'm going to tell you a few pies and you have to tell me on a scale of one to 10, the rating. Okay. okay? I, I have to say I'm not really a big pie dessert person. All right. Well, then this will be extra pessimistic. Uh, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is one of the few pies that I really, really like. Um, I only seem to like, I'm like everybody else. You have to have whipped cream with it. Like I will eat it just as is. <laughs> All right. Pumpkin pie but with pumpkin whipped cream. pumpkin pie with whipped cream, I would say like 8.5. All right. Apple pie. Unheated. Unheated apple pie. No ice cream. Um, uh, Four. Apple pie heated with ice cream. I give it a good 6.5. Strawberry rhubarb pie. Mm. Three. Ooh, that's generous. Um, pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan. See, that one I do really like because whatever all that other like solidified sugar the brown goop that's around it, <laughs> which is just like brown sugar and yeah. syrups and all that shit is so good. But in small doses, like I couldn't have more than a sliver of that pie, but it would be a good nine out of 10 grade pie. Is there a perfect pie? I don't think so. What about a uh, lemon meringue pie? Ooh, See, oh, if you go into the cream pies... That's where it's at. Oh, you like a cream pie? <laughs> give me a good coconut cream pie. That I'd give a 10 for sure. A hundred percent I would. So if you give Brittany a cream pie, she'll be happy 10 out of 10. I will. I'm not. No shame. Okay. The cream pies are where it's at. <laughs> I am not ashamed to say it. Um, okay, just for let, clarification, you're aware of the double entendre uh, we're playing with yes, here, right? I, okay. I, I just don't care at this point because I'm just thinking of a coconut cream pie and my mouth is watering. Uh, I haven't had a good coconut cream pie yeah, for like same. four years. Okay. <laughs> so what lemon meringue. Like a lemon meringue pie. That pie for me used to be like top tier, but now I think it's probably more like an eight. I think it depends on my mood. <sighs> the only pies. perfect pie is that coconut cream pie. That's it. Banana pie cream pies are too iffy. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. Chocolate cream pies. Eh. I would think that I'd like it more, but really see, it's just like putting in a in a pie shell. And see, I am a fruit pie guy. Give me blueberry. Oh, what about your raspberry. key lime pie? Yes. If you put a key lime pie in front of me, I will eat the whole thing in 10 seconds. Yeah, I know. I fucking love key lime pie. That's not a fruit. Well, it is It's. It is a fruit, Okay, but it's not that kind of a fruit pie. <laughs> I love berry pies and a key lime pie. Although, to be honest with you, I'm not going to say no to any pie, especially a cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to One Piece. What is As somebody who doesn't really watch a lot of anime mm -hmm. or read manga, 
what did you think of it when you first saw it? Um, when I first saw it, like, first of all, the genre itself isn't normally the thing that I would go for anyway. Like, I do like the adventure aspect to it. But the whole like rookie pirate wanting to be king of the pirates chasing this maybe not even a real thing. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. And when you first pitched it to me, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll probably just fall asleep, do my own thing. It's something you can watch. And then I just started getting bits and pieces and it kind of just like hooked me in. And I wasn't expecting it, but I did really like it and I really enjoyed kind of it's not very often anymore that there's a show where it's like, oh my gosh, play the next episode, right? Like the, the kind of show where you'd stay up till three in the morning despite having to be up super yeah. early for work. Yeah, like we used to watch TV like we were running out of time to watch TV. We would <laughs> not be able to stop. It's like the next night wouldn't come, so we had to see everything we could possibly see in that moment. Now it's been like, eh. There's always tomorrow. We'll see it next week. Eh, maybe in the next and month. Especially now where we know that nothing new is being made right now. Right. So it's like we have an extra buffer of time to watch stuff. Mm -hmm. So our urgency is gone. But yeah, like every once in a while you find a show where you're just like, yeah. I have to, yes, like, Netflix, I am still here. Yeah, keep Don't playing. judge me for having watched 15 episodes in a row. Right, and it's been a long time since we've actually sat there and watched a show so much that Netflix is like, are you still watching? Yeah. And we've actually recently found two shows like that. Unfortunately, the one was One Piece, and we ran out of episodes because there's only <laughs> one season. Yeah. But we've also found another show that actually I saw on Facebook Facebook was Netflix was advertising it on Facebook and I was like this is getting a lot of hype it recently had its fourth season come out so that's why it was kind of being promoted a little extra and so I'm like I keep seeing these things and it looks kind of funny kind of relatable like let's try it and that's sex education yeah it's funny because it's the kind of show where we have to close our curtains so that our neighbors don't think that we're just like deviants. Yeah. We Be don't want them to think we're a bunch of perverts. <laughs> yeah, because the show starts with just like tits. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting because I'm like something. Normally I feel like obviously with a title like Sex Education, I expected there to be some sexual content. You expect it to be a little bit lewd, but you aren't expecting tits in the first 10 yeah. seconds. Yeah, exactly. And like... Honestly, when it started that way, I was like, okay, maybe this is not going to be our thing because like I'm not a super prude. Like I don't care if there's sex in a show. I don't care if I see titties every once in a while or oh, whatever. I do. If there's titties on my TV, mm, get that shit out of here. <laughs> um, But like I don't want that to be the only reason that it's being watched, right? Like I don't want it to be like, oh, we're just making this because sex sells and people want to see tits. So that's why we're putting it here. Like I want there to be actual real, like a real reason to watch it other you than You want that. a compelling show, not just porn. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, eh, this isn't uh, looking so good if we're just going to have tits right in the first little bit and then... And then we, like, obviously gave it some time, and it was actually, it's very funny. And it has moments where it's like, 
you're really feeling for the characters and like you're sitting there so sad for them and and afraid for them at some times and you just you're just like hopeful that they're gonna have a good story arc and it's gonna all come around but you can't stop watching because you want to know what's gonna happen yeah it's it's one of the shows like that genuinely gives you such a wide range of emotions like you laugh there have been times where i was like so close to crying Mm -hmm. there's been times where i'm just like i am heartbroken for this character yeah i i can't remember if it's in the first season or the start of the second season when it's eric's birthday that was the first season in the so in the first season there's an episode he he gets left behind by his friends he's dressed up essentially in drag mm-hmm. to go to some movie based as a character yeah um but th- then he just gets he gets his stuff stolen he has to walk home he's all alone on his birthday and then he gets beat up on his birthday yeah and like it's such a heart-wrenching bit Whereas, like, 15 minutes ago, we were laughing because they were talking about weird sex things. Yeah. And it's just, like, the roller coaster ride that some of the episodes go on Mm -hmm. is crazy. And they do it so well. It doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like the pacing is off. It doesn't feel like they're rushing through stuff. It doesn't feel random. It feels very purposeful. And um, they just... They do... They manage it very well. Yeah. Like the balance of heavy hearted things to light hearted things, it the contrast is done amazing. Yeah. At least I in really the first like season and a couple episodes of the second season, we haven't gotten that far. I have seen that the fourth season doesn't hold up as well as the other ones, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So far I'm just I'm really liking it. I also like watching you watch it because the main character is a like 15 16 year old boy going through these sex changes sex things and obviously it's very dramatized for the purpose of television but like you can relate to that on a different level than i can i mean i was never a boy going through puberty discovering like an erection (laughs) right so I don't know what that's like. Why won't you go down? <laughs> <laughs> and like watching you laugh at these things because you kind of know to some extent what that's like is been it's yeah. been funny. And I also like the things that they normalize. Like they are normalizing things like female masturbation. Like it's not taboo. It's not weird. Like it's perfectly normal. And and the way that they handle just different sex things that really like anybody goes through mm-hmm. is very mature and natural and it doesn't make you feel bad or guilty about it which I feel like sex has always been handled in a way that it, it's like shamed or you're guilted or like it's been taboo like yeah especially like here in North America uh, everything is just so just like soaked in shame Mm -hmm. whether it's masturbation or sex or kinks of various kinds yeah it's like that's all stuff that hey you need to keep that quiet Mm -hmm. don't tell anybody that right so figures the british show would be like 
we're talking about sex. Yeah, and like we're talking about all the different sex things. Like whatever you can think of, we're going to be talking about it. And I think that's good. You want to talk about ladies scissoring? They're talking about it. You want to talk about uh, kinks of fucking ghosts? They, We're talking they do. about it. Yeah, they get in there, even though that wasn't even the issue. Nope. But, <laughs> but like they even talk about other things like just being insecure with your body that you don't want your partner to see you when you're having sex or like you not wanting like you think you might look ugly or like you make stupid faces or whatever. And it's like it's not really about what you're look like really to an extent it's more about how you make each other feel and like feeling good and being comfortable in your skin to allow yourself to feel good and i think about getting that cream pie oh my god (laughs) what is this episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I, i just think it's very they do it in a in a healthy way that i don't think like to some extent because obviously there are these boobs on tv where not everybody's boobs look like that so it's True. like in on one hand it's like they are showing sex where it looks a lot prettier than sex might look sometimes but then on the other hand they're also saying that these things are all normal and natural and fine and and then on the flip side they are also showing the i think the character's name is lily oh my gosh the, yeah like Sometimes it's not pretty or wanted or normal, <laughs> but it's still okay. <laughs> I love that character. She's hilarious. Uh, yep. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> and Eric is just, oh my gosh, he's my favorite. Like he's like, I love watching his storyline and his love interests and seeing how things come together. There's always, like, from the very beginning of watching, there was Eric and Adam. Adam. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name, but I always do. And, again, like, Adam is someone that I've also felt very, like, strongly for because of watching the hardships that he's going through. But then he also is a bully. And the interesting thing about this show is, like, you're seeing this bully be very mean to people and people like oh my gosh like he is he makes my life hell but then you also see what he's going through in his personal life and it makes you empathize for him and think you oh like he doesn't he's misunderstood and he's not treated nice hurt people hurt people yeah and so then but there's always been a chemistry between him and eric and it reminded me of shameless when mickey and ian got together because mickey was also kind of a well he was a bully and they he picked on ian all the time and then there ended up being this like chemistry and they were like a very beloved couple on the show even though it was a very toxic relationship (laughs) to say the least and and but they were still so loved by all the fans because they had such a raw emotional element to them where they were just like loving each other but then they both had a lot of baggage that they didn't know how to deal with on their own it's like they needed each other they had this codependence this codependency but it was relatable like I feel like on some elements some of like we all kind of have these issues at some point in our life like maybe not to that extreme but we do I hope 
not to that extreme. Not, some people do, but yeah, I feel like it's hopefully less common. But then you have the same thing showing up in this show. And I thought of the same thing. I'm like, there's this crazy chemistry between them. Am I insane for thinking they're going to end up together? And so I spoiled it for myself because I Googled it because I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, you better not fucking spoil that for me because I want to find out naturally, which is weird because I'm the kind of guy when we watch a movie, I will look up every little thing. Yeah. But so no, I didn't, not me. I didn't tell you anything, but then they did end up like hooking up and I was like, this is exactly what, and I, and I felt happy for them both. But sad for them both at the same time. Because it's like, yeah, you're getting something good right now. But this whole thing you got going on here, mm, it well, ain't it cheap. Like, and I felt good for them because they have each other. And at least when, you know, other people in their lives don't understand them, they can come together and understand each other. But then also, Adam is really, he needs therapy. Like, he can't <laughs> expect a relationship yeah. to fix the shit that he is going on. So I then feel bad because I'm like, Eric's just going to get hurt out of this. Adam is still not accepting of himself, let alone others. And he's not being accepted by his family. So it's like, you know, I feel for him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel for all of them. But I like that the show has me thinking about these things and like these real life kind of problems. I feel like when you're watching TV... um. If there is a bully picking on, uh, like, one of the few gay kids, mm -hmm. they're going to get together. Like, it's just, I, I feel like at this point, it's it's becoming a trope. Yeah, it could be. That's just my two cents. I just, I know that I've, I have seen that Adam gets a pretty good, like, full rounded story arc to him. Oh, good. So I hope that it's going to come full circle and that he's going to have you know some some healing from his home life and that he's going to not be a bully or feel like he has to pick on others because he hates himself so much. I I feel like something that this show does really well is nailing the uh, relationship dynamic between like children and their parents. Mm, yeah. Because all of the parents are super extremes. There is the, uh, the sex doctor. Yeah. There is the super strict headmaster. There is the, uh, super lax, not a care in the world handyman from another country. Yeah. There's like, they're all so extreme, but the relationships that they have, like all, they're so relatable and real. Mm -hmm. Like how many kids feel like they aren't, or I guess people feel like they aren't good enough for their parents. Yeah. And can relate to Adam in that way. How many people, um, have something about them whether it's being gay or, you know, being the musician in a family of athletes and you go to your parent and they they want to be supportive. They just don't get what you're about. Yeah. And they don't know how to be supportive. And, and so it, it has this thing where it's like this could either drive you apart 
or you could overcome it. Or like um, the whole boundaries element. Yeah. Of, of so yeah. There's all these different family dynamics that whether it's the exact analog from the show or something that is just, you know, like similar enough to relate, like all of those like parental figures, they just have such a real feeling to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of it feels very genuine and real like whether that's good or bad i think that's what's made us like so sucked in so easily where we're just like oh we can watch another one yeah sure what's another one the next thing you know it's one in the morning and we're like fuck (laughs) um that's why is because it's so relatable and i feel like they have been able to reach a very large audience because of the different ages and the different relationship dynamics and the different types of experiences whether it's something you're going through now or it's something you remember and you can laugh at like no matter what there's something there that you can get something out of and you can learn something from it and I think that it's really really well done yeah I agree so um now that we've talked about the shows that we've been watching uh what uh what did we do on the weekend Brittany Tell me the thing we did. Uh, we had Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah, Turkey Day. <laughs> it was it was almost not going to happen in the turkey fashion because one of my cousins hosts Thanksgiving, and after last year, she was just like, you know what? I'm not gonna do this. I don't want to have to cook a turkey. It's like a full time job for the day to cook a turkey. Uh, I'll host, but like whatever. And yeah, like maybe we'll have a different meal. Yeah, maybe it'll be like ham where you just like throw it in for an hour and then it's done. Um, and you were like, oh, no, no, no. This just will not do. Well, I just love turkey. I love eating turkey. I love making turkey. I want more excuses to eat turkeys. I don't know why in the last few months of the year there's like all these opportunities for turkeys and we have to wait the other like 10 months to be able to do that. <laughs> like why not just have turkeys more often? Why, yeah, why is there not a designated day of each month that is just the monthly turkey day? I feel like it's because most people aren't like me and I'm a freak in this situation that I'm actually like, woohoo, we get to make a turkey. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we went to your cousin's house and spent the night and we got up at 6.30 in the morning to start making this turkey. <laughs> this absolutely enormous turkey. Which it cooked way faster than the internet said. See, I, the cookie, the cookies, the turkeys that I have cooked um, have all been a lot smaller than this. Yeah. Because I'm only feeding maybe four to six people. Whereas over the weekend, I was feeding over 20 So I was like, I've never cooked a turkey this size before. I'm going to do my research, do my homework, make sure that I'm going to cook it long enough because that's important. And so that's why I was up at 630 because I'm like, it needs like about like six to seven hours to cook. And I think it was done four, like Uh, four and a half maybe. No, because it went in at eight and it came out at about two o'clock. So that's six hours. Well, then we did our original math wrong because that was still two hours before we were eating. Yes. So 
the point of the story is that we didn't have to get up at 6.30. No, we didn't. But we did. We could have had it in the oven by like 9, 9.30. I don't know if uh, that Starbucks is used to seeing people show up right when they're open. Because there was not a car on the road. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because it was like Thanksgiving weekend uh, or just like, you know, a Sunday morning. But showed up at 7 a.m. We got some pumpkin spice lattes. I don't think that Starbucks has seen the same person in one day. (laughs) <laughs> as much as they like saw you i went to starbucks at seven in the morning mm-hmm. and then like again at like 11 i had a little nap like yeah like 10 30 ish woke up checked the turkey and was like you know what i need more coffee yeah i can make some but there's also a starbucks here so i'm gonna go so i went and got another starbucks and then after dinner, mm-hmm. um, everybody was just hanging around waiting for dessert. And I was just like, ah, you know what I could use? Another Starbucks. <laughs> so I went and got more Starbucks. Like, that being said, the person at the window was different each time. So it's not like I was just like, hey, it's me again. I mean, maybe the person at the window was, but the person making it was like another pumpkin spice latte for Ben. Either (laughs) we've got a lot of Ben's with the same order, which I mean, with your name could very well be. But at the same time, it's venti pumpkin spice latte and then a grande skim milk, no whip. Yeah. So So, that part's specific. Yeah. Which I'm sure there are other people who's like, I want a real big pumpkin spice latte and then an average one that's just less sweet. But are they all Ben? Probably not. I feel like when we start going out um, and getting Starbucks, I want to give my order, especially if we're going into the store, like the place ourselves and not just through drive through and we're standing and waiting in line for them to call out our name, purely because of a couple weeks ago when we were in a Starbucks, there was this uh, woman and her two like teen kids and her name was Andrea and she got her order and the, her daughter was like, oh, they spelled your name wrong. Like, how could they spell your name wrong? It's Andrea. It's like such a common name. I feel like the only name that's more common than Andrea is probably like Brittany or something. And then we started laughing. Yeah, because I'm just like, oh, it's be so funny if they called my name out right now. But you always give your name. Yeah. And not mine. So I was like, but that would be so funny if they were like, okay this order for Brittany and I'm like oh that's me and then I could tell her whether or not they got my name right because yes Brittany is a very common name but there are three common ways to spell it yeah so so stick with good old Ben yeah and it's like yes I understand her point about how it's like a common name Andrea and I don't know where they went wrong and how they spelled it but Brittany isn't a good example to be like the only thing more common than Andrea is Brittany because Brittany gets misspelled all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> so it's like every time we call somewhere or it's just like, hey, leave an email for a warranty or something like that. It's just like you have to spell it out. T-A-N-Y. That's how you spell this instance of Brittany. Yeah. 
And it's funny because Ben, you'd think, how can you screw up Ben? But like, sometimes you're they just, Glenn. I'm Glenn, Dan. Like, they just start making up any other name that is adjacent to Ben. I feel like it's a genuine just, they misheard you. Yeah, probably. Like, I've had, like, I've called into, like, a pizza place before, and they get a name for it. I go in, and they're like, this for Dan? I'm like, yep. Sure. I'll be Dan today. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And so far, that hasn't resulted in me picking up anybody else's order. So so let's hope that continues. Yeah. I feel like they should probably not just say order for Ben either because there is a chance that more than one Ben has called in an order. That's true. There are quite a few of us, but So they should say it's not my rules. This kind of, this size and kind of pizza for Ben and you'd be like, "Oh no, it's this size and this kind of pizza for Ben." They'd be like, "Oh yes, that's this one over uh, here." Oh yes, the other Ben. <laughs> That's how common my name is. When I was in high school, um, like, there were instances where I was Ben and then somebody else was Other Ben, or I was Other Ben, depending on who was talking. Like, there was always another guy named Ben, and, like, I had a guitar class. Mm -hmm. And we just referred to each other as Other Ben. Yeah. But anybody who I was friends with, if they had to talk to him, would say, Hey, Other Ben. Yeah. And then all of his friends, when they had to talk to me, would say, hey, other Ben. And it was just just like, sometimes it was confusing because you had to, like, you hear your name. Oh, but they said other in front of it. Who said that? Yeah. And then you have to kind of, like, like, assess who has said it to determine whether they're talking to you or other Ben. Right. See, I don't, why wouldn't they just use your last initial? Were you both J's? No. So you could have just been Ben J and they could have been Ben. Ben R. Ben R. I don't know. Or could have been. Sometimes it's also common in high school to just, especially with guys, I find guys more than girls, they just go by their last name. Yeah, neither of us were that. I feel like that was the sports kids. Yeah, maybe. Neither of us were that. See, surprisingly enough, I never had another girl in my class named Brittany. That is... Astonishing. There were, there were other Britneys in the school. Yeah, there were about 25 other Britneys in the but school. But they were all in different grades. Act, no, I had... Oh, wait. I'm starting to think now. I think maybe I did have one class with another Britney. I knew it. It was too good to be true for you to be the only Britney in town. It wasn't very often. Anyway, I remember the other Britneys in the other grades, but I forgot about this one Britney that was in my <sighs> class. Oh, well. Common name troubles. In my working career, I've only been the only Brittany. So I don't have to go by other Brittany at any of my workplaces. If it makes you feel better, in my working career, I have also been the only Ben. There. We've made it now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's about it. So if you guys have any fun stories about other Bens or other Brittany's, um, fun TV shows that you've been watching... Let us know. Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees Podcast. If you haven't already, please download this episode and we will talk to you next time.